0: Hi, I'm Eves, and welcome to this day in history class, a show that uncovers a little bit more about history every day. Today is February 10th, 2019. The day was February 10th, 1355. It was St. Scholastica's Day a commemorative day of feasting that honors the Catholic saint Scholastica. On this day in Oxford, England, a couple of students from the University of Oxford were drinking at the Swindlestock Tavern and just did not like the wine they were guzzling. The students, who were claimed to be one Walter Springhouse and a Roger de Chesterfield, expressed their distaste by complaining to the taverner. And the taverner, named John Croydon, responded in kind, exchanging some snappy words with the students. In the end, the students threw the wine at the tavern keeper's head and beat him up. This bar fight sparked three days of riots, which resulted in the death of 63 students and 30 locals. On the surface, It seems like the riots were incited by a group of people who made a mountain out of a molehill. But tensions between the townspeople and the university folk, our so-called town and gown, had been brewing for a while. The university had a lot of power in the town, and the townspeople weren't all happy with the university's growing control and Oxford's worsening economic conditions. There were conflicts between the town and the university over the control of prices, and plenty of town-versus-gown riots had broken out in the 13th century. There was even violence between scholars within the university. So, after the students threw the wine at the tavern keeper, a brawl broke out in the bar. Mayor of Oxford John de Bareford asked the chancellor of the university to arrest the two offending wine throwers. But that did not happen. A local rang the bell at St. Martin's Church to call out the townsfolk. And students rang the bell at the University Church at St. Mary's to alert the academic folk. And from there, the pub brawl turned into an all-out riot. Armed with bows, arrows, and other weapons, the two sides fought all day. And by the end of that day, nobody had been killed or fatally wounded. But the next day, the locals put armed men at St. Giles Church who attacked passing people from the university. People joined the riots from the surrounding countryside and they looted and set fire to some of the academic halls. And the day after that, the townspeople apparently wreaked havoc on the university folk. Students' houses were looted. One of the town's gates had been destroyed. They scalped some scholars the locals seemed to have emerged victorious. But in the end, the university had the upper hand. King Edward III was staying at Woodstock, which is near Oxford, and he sent judges to Oxford to investigate the riots and find out who led them. A bunch of people were imprisoned, including the mayor. The king told the townsfolk to give everything they had looted back to the university and to pay a hefty sum. He said that there would also be a charter for the university that said the chancellor would have jurisdiction over the selling of food in Oxford, and he would get the profits of the town's judicial process. The charter also said that every future sheriff of Oxford would take an oath to defend the privileges of the university and protect the students from violence. The king also gave the university members immunity from prosecution for robbery, trespassing, arson, and other crimes they had committed. On top of all this, the Bishop of Lincoln put Oxford under an interdict that lasted for about a year. The interdict was lifted on the condition that the mayor, bailiffs, and 60 other leading townspeople attend and pay for a mass every year on the anniversary of the riots. During the Mass, they were required to pray for the souls of those who had been killed, and each person was supposed to offer a penny at the altar. During the Mass, they were required to pray for the souls of those who had been killed, and each person was supposed to offer a penny at the altar. This practice continued all the way up until the 1800s, although some mayors over the years did refuse to participate in the penance. But even though the town no longer had to continue this tradition after 1825, Parliament didn't officially rescind the decree until 1955. A lot of the details of the riots are shaky and likely biased or exaggerated, considering accounts of the event were largely written by scholars from the university, and details differed from one account to the next. But the already small town was devastated by all the deaths and destruction, And the St. Scholastica Day riots remain an infamous event in the history of Oxford, England. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little bit more about history today than you did yesterday. You can subscribe to This Day in History class on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tune in tomorrow for another day in history.